Amen, 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 amen. Now look at that person around you and say, man, you're blessed. You are blessed. Praise God. We serve a good God, don't we? Amen. Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out. Go to Proverbs chapter 3 tonight. Proverbs 3. Now, before we get going a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and break y'all in on this slowly. <clears throat> and, um, you know, uh, everybody watching and listening tonight, you're not going to have anything to say about it. But everybody in here, you may want to throw rocks at me. But I have this idea. And so y'all are just going to have to love me. If I'm wrong, love me. But I have this idea, you know, y'all, we're in here tonight, and you, you, you faithful people that come on Wednesday night, uh, you, you're just faithful. That's all I can say. And, uh, but we have such a, a listening audience out there and, and a viewing audience. This really blows my mind how many people are tuning into the broadcast and tuning into the podcast and all that's going on. And so I have this idea. And I'll just throw it out and then y'all, you know, just murmur about it. Still smile at me through the message tonight. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to change up Wednesday night. And uh, because we're going to do we're going to do a broadcast that's focused towards everyone out there in the listening audience. It's going to be there's not going to be any praise and worship. It's going to be it's going to be 100 percent teaching, preaching, going out in a new format called something that I don't have the name of about something that I have not got yet. So y'all know it's going to take me a while to get this going since I just don't know what to call it and I don't know what we're going to do. But I just know that I feel this done inside of me that we need to really capture it. If you watch podcast or you watch, you know, uh, you don't watch a podcast, you listen to a podcast, but if you, you listen or watch, there's so, much, there's so much we can do. And now that God has blessed us with this system and everything we've got, we can really focus and, and do a whole lot. And so anyway, there's going to be some changes. We're not going to do anything until Memorial Day. And it may be just through the summer. And then there's going to be times when, like Pastor Wynn is coming in in June. So then we're going to have a whole week of services. And so there's going to be a lot of different things. But we're just going to change it up. I like change. So anyway, I'll let you know when I know further details to come. Like I said, I just kind of wanted to prepare your hearts. So here we go. Now, last week I was talking to you about how to uh, live a life, a word-based life. There is, no other, there is no other way to live than a word-based life. We need to be people that every time that anything happens, anything comes up, anything goes on, that we immediately go to the word and say, what does the word say about this situation? Something happens to you immediately. Something down inside of your spirit is going to rise up and say, what does the word say about this? You know, what does Jesus say about this? And and, and it takes it takes um, discipline to get there, because what we tend to want to do is call our friend. Whoa, this happened. What do you want? What, what, what should you know what's going on? And, and it should be something that in our supernatural born again spirits rises out of us. But the only way that's going to happen is if there's any word in us. There's no word in us, anything to rise out of us within, you know. Nothing's going to come to your head except uh, your head and your ideas and your reason, okay? 
So Proverbs 3.21 is where I left off last week. Proverbs 3.21 says, my son, let not, my son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And I was telling you last week how the word discretion is, you know, I thought I knew what it meant. But then as I looked it up, I was kind of amazed because part of discretion, the word, uh, the Hebrew word for discretion there, it means purpose. In other words, you're, it's not, you're, you're not going to be just discreet. And you're just gonna, no, you have a purpose for what you're doing. You have a focus for what you're doing. You have a vision for what you're doing. You know, you have a, a plan. Amen? So I'm going to call the reading the plan. And so I want to pick up with that, and I want you to go now to Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. Genesis eleven thirty-one. I believe I want to show you something here tonight that you may not know. Maybe a surprise to you. But Genesis eleven thirty-one. It's a story of uh, you just got through in Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel. At the end, down in verse 31, it says, Now Terah took his son, Abram, and his grandson, Lot, and the, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, his son, Abram's wife. And they went out of them from the Ur of Chaldeans to go to the land of Cana. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Okay? So now jump over to chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that he had gathered and all the people whom he had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Cana. So they came to the land of Cana. Now, do you realize that Abram's father started the journey but did not get there? Do you see that? Because if you go back and you look at uh, chapter 11, it says right off, Terah took his sons, Abram Lot, and they started out on this journey. But they got to Haran. And then the Lord spoke to Abram and said, get up and leave your family and go on. So in other words... His father started it, but stopped short. So my question to you tonight, everybody out there watching, listening, have you stopped short in your relationship with Jesus? Have you stopped short? Have you come to the place in life where you're just doing what you used to always do? You're no growth. You've just stopped short. Well, you have to do what Abram did, which is very simple. The Lord spoke to him. He had an opportunity there when the Lord spoke to him to obey or disobey, right? It wasn't the fact that he hear God. It was the fact that he hear God that he was going to do. Now, folks, listen to me. That's tough to take your whole family, everything you've got, uproot yourself and go out into a land that you don't know anything about. You don't know what's going to go there. And you're just totally having to have faith and trust in God. Right? That's a journey. So Abram became the first Jew. 
Because he believed God. Hello? Who worshiped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Now you think about this. You know how, I don't want to say guts, but that's what kind of the word we would use, how much guts it took to do that. But I dare say, listen to me. And I'm not trying to be ugly tonight. I'm just, I'm just pumping. I'm just pushing. All right. I dare say that a lot of Christians are living in their comfort zone. They're living in the in what comforts them. They go to churches that comfort them. They go, they read their Bible when it comforts them. They, 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 they would are only going to pray for somebody if if it was absolutely dire and necessary. You know. We're supposed to be Christians that are so changed and so new creation, so unbelievable, the spirit of God living on the inside of us that we want to we want to be a blessing and a change to everyone around us. We should be people that are so sold out. And I really believe that in the in the in the you know, in the last 20 years, the church has been so focused inwardly about. How do I learn the word of God so that I confess the word of God so I can get God to give me what I want? Instead of being people who are outward focused and outreach focused and looking out to say, as I go out today, Lord, let me run across somebody that needs prayer. Hello? So here goes Abram. He goes out to a new land. And look what, Lord, look what the Lord said to him. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And then he says, I'll bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And man, if you got God doing that for you, I mean, holy cow. That means everywhere you go, somebody says, I don't like. And he's like, Shh, don't say that. Wow. That's the power of God moving. That's what I want to see in people's lives, the power of God moving in their lives. That literally God is so indwelling their homes that anybody that blesses them, they just get blessed. Somebody walks by and says, man, that's a pretty house. I like that. And all of a sudden, boop, their house looks better. I mean, think about the early church. I mean, the first the first real story, Acts chapter 5, we have the early church meeting together up there. Two people dropped dead in church because they lied. <sighs> I mean, when they took communion in those days, and they, they, they're talking about the communion elements, the apostle Paul says, and look, if there's anybody in here, you're, you know, you're not saved. You come here, you take communion, you'll, de- you'll die. But today, nobody's scared of the grape juice. Right? Except one time. <laughs> one time when we had the church over in the valley, I, it was my job to get the communion elements ready, and, and I forgot. And so I said, oh, surely somebody will have, you know, be opened up at some convenience store and get some, you know, grape juice. And man, we ran around everywhere just running down to one store to the next, couldn't find grape juice anywhere. And so the only thing I could find was grape Gatorade. <clears throat> So I thought, maybe nobody will notice. You know, it can't be that much off. I mean, we didn't have anything else. And so, man, I filled all the cups up. The grape Gatorade. And uh, you remember this? Everybody's taking communion. And so, you know, he's like, okay, you know, no, the blessing of the Lord, take the communion. 
And then you could see their eyes like, what was that I just drank? After the service, Pastor Randy came up to me and said, what, what was that? I said, man, I'm so sorry. I said, I couldn't find it. And I used a grape Gatorade. And he's like, don't ever do that again. I said, I'll make sure not. That was the only time I ever saw people shocked about taking communion. Like they thought, oh, God, I may die. <clears throat> but oh, Abraham here, he said, God says, man, I'll bless you. Right? God says, I'll bless you. And everybody that blesses you gets blessed. And then everybody that want to curse you. God Almighty said he would curse them. So go to Romans chapter 4, verse 1. Romans 4, 1. <clears throat> Look what the Apostle Paul tells the Roman church about Abraham. 4, 1. Romans 4, 1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God or operated in faith, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You got to understand, so many times when we look at things, we get caught up with Moses and the law. But before Moses and the law, Abraham was operating by faith. Just like you and I are supposed to operate today in faith in what God's asking us to do and what he's telling us to do. And we've got it so easy because, folks, listen to me. You got a Bible. You got a Bible in various translations. You got You've got every book in the world. Dr. Brown and I were laughing about it. Used to, I would have to take a whole Saturday to prepare a message for Sunday because it, I had no computer and didn't have any of these, all these programs now. And I mean, it was laying out the, all the books and getting out there. I got my concordance out. Then I got my knaves out. Then I had to get my vines out. Then I had to get the Septuagint out. Then I had to get, you know, multiple translations. I'd be sitting in a room with books all around me going through and having to write everything down. Took me all afternoon to get a message. Looking up the scriptures. Now we say, look up the scriptures. Oh yeah, that's over there. Deuteronomy 613. That's what that is. Talk into it. Find me. Where did Jesus go to the pool of Bethesda? Boop, 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 boop. Just pops up. And no, we were like, see, I know it's in here, but where is it? I missed it. You don't go back up. Thank God the younger days I had to do that. I could see things. You know? I mean, Lord, I couldn't do it anymore. I got one out the other day and looked at it and said, I can't even see this. How did I do this? But, you know, makes it easy for us. We've got it so, everything so easy. And so to walk in faith is the same way Abraham, when God spoke to him, when you know God speaks to you, when you know this word is speaking to you, this living word, this word that's alive is speaking to you. When it's leaping off the page and God's using that and speaking to you, it is no different than when God spoke to Abraham and said, leave. Same word. But somehow or another, we've gotten especially charismatic Christians, we've gotten into this place where we're like, go through and we use the, you know, whatever reference we have to find as many scriptures about healing or whatever. And then we get those scriptures and then we start confessing those scriptures and we're trying to work up faith. 
when faith should be something that leaps off the page to you because you know it's God spoke it. There's two words in the Bible for word, and it's logos and rhema. And logos means it's the written word. You're just reading the word. And rhema means when it becomes a revelation to you, right? Well, what makes it become a revelation to you? Well, the very first thing is you got to read it. Hello? I mean, in my life, there's been a few times that I've gone to bed at night, dreamed a dream, woke up in the morning, and I knew the message to preach because I dreamed it last night. But that's like the most minutest thing that's happened in over 35, 36 years of preaching. 99.9% of the time is me spending time in the Word, reading the Word, and it jumps off and I say, <laughs> this morning I was reading Romans chapter 1, and I, I, got, I got three sermons. I tried to preach them all to my wife. I didn't have anybody else preach it. She was up there drinking coffee with me. I started, had to make her quit reading her Bible. I'd preach her. But there's three messages right here. Three messages I'd never seen before. I mean, I had it underlined everywhere around, all over the place, but then there's just some way that thing leapt off at me, and I said, look at what it says right there. Look at what it says right there. And it was just alive. Those are rhemas. Those are what we have to have. You're never going to have a word-based life if you're not spending time in the word getting that because it's the same faith that Abraham it took to leave and go to the nation, become the first Jew and the father of many nations, all by the spoken word going to him. It's not any different. It doesn't operate any different. God's a God of faith. And so don't think there's some mystical formula. Don't think that there's something mystical out there you got to get hold of. You got to go to the next convention or go to the next thing or next, you know, you got to do this or you got to do that. or you No, no, no. It's called faith in God's word. What God said. So Abraham didn't have a Bible to look at, but he believed God spoke to him. And he left. Believing. Uh, don't, 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 no, no. Watch your lips. Don't curse me because if you do, God will get you. All right. I want you to look at Romans 1. I'll give you one of my messages. Right. It, it, I'll have to preach on this later, but this, this one scripture fits. Romans 1, 18. Romans 1, 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They suppress the truth. That means the truth, as it says in Proverbs 3 and 4 and other places where wisdom is crying out, but they're suppressing the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They suppress it. They put it down. They push it down. They turn the volume down. They push down. Okay? They suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Listen, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. That's what leapt off at me this morning. His invisible attributes are clearly seen. So in other words, you can stand out there and you can look at the world around us. You can look at everything going on out there and say, God had to create this. And in the heart of every man, there is, a, there is a truth of that in them, whether they suppressed it or not. God is saying, I'm here. I'm making myself known to you. <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not a bird watcher. And that, but there's some bird that moves in 
uh, at this time of year, and he makes this funny. I don't know what they are. I don't think it's a purple Martin, but I think it's an Oriole because I chased one of them down. I finally got a look at this dude, and, I, and then I went and looked in a book and looked him up, and I think it's an Oriole. But anyway, he makes this funny little sound, and it's, it's, it's comical to me because it's like, it doesn't sound right. I mean, like he didn't get the pretty bird, bird voice or something, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not, I mean, it's just it's this sound. And I got my wife out there and said, hey, come out here, look at this thing, you know, listen to this bird. And so, well, but it can't ever find him, can't ever see him. But, uh, and I laughed and I was just thinking about it. Isn't it amazing? Then you start to listen. You got the doves, you've got all these different birds, everybody's making their own different chirp. You got all this stuff going on. All this world is taking place out there that doesn't care what the stock market is. I mean, I imagine they would like to add some rain, but they don't care about the stock market. But matter of fact, I was thinking about this because this is God feeds everything. And so I thought, I bet the birds don't even have any worry about what's going on. They're not worrying. They'll find them a grasshopper or whatever somewhere around there. And how that whole world functions and all of the worries and all of the fretting and all of the troubles that we put ourselves through, all the thoughts, all the demonic attacks, all the, the, the demonic thoughts that come to us in a day, that world is still functioning out there and doesn't know anything about that. But yet it says the trees and all of creation yearns for the coming of the Lord. So just, just think about how deep this is. That all of everything out there is showing God's real. And all that that's out there is yearning for God to come back or God's new world or however you want to look at it, God to be there. It's alive to the things of God. When human beings who are supposed to be smarter are dead to the things of God. Oh, let's go kill babies after 28 days. I mean, what in the world? Are you with me? So just think about that. When I read that this morning, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. His invisible attributes, all the, the things of God that are the invisible attributes, they're, I made it evident to you folks. They're clearly seen the magnificence of God. All right? So nobody has an, nobody has an excuse. Now look at verse 16. Romans 1.16. So Apostle Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. He said, I'm not a, uh, the gospel, you got to understand something. They had the Old Testament, right? They could go into the to the synagogue and go get the, the, the scrolls out. And they, they had the Old Testament. Of course, Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. He'd gone through, he'd read all those things and had been, you know. But to the common man, they didn't have the, the benefit of going and getting their Bibles. And the Apostle Paul says, this gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ we're preaching, it is literally the power of the God who created this whole universe to everyone who believes. 
Once you believe it, once you, once your, once your faith on the inside of you that God has given every man a measure of is activated, that faith brings about the power of God in your life. It's not complicated, but we make it complicated. We make it complicated because we want to see it and then we'll believe it. And that's not faith. Faith is looking around and saying, okay, God, you got it. It's okay. Understanding covenant, understanding our relationship with him and saying, God, you know, you got me in your hands and everything's going to be okay. You're not going to forsake me. What's going to happen when I die? Oh, wow. I get to go to heaven. Sign me up. Now go to 1 John chapter 5. I'm pretty hard on my wife. I, don't, I, I told her, I said, look, don't even worry about I don't want to sign no do not resuscitate orders or anything like that. I said, don't even take me to the hospital. Just let me go. <laughs> wow, I want to go to heaven. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world? What is it? Huh. What is the victory that overcomes the world? It's what you're going to believe. You're putting your faith in God that he's going to do it, then he's going to do it. And if you have any doubt that he's going to do it, then stop. And maybe you need to relax, shake off some stress, and look at what God's created around us and say, you know, Lord, if you're big enough to make an oak tree, you're big enough to take care of me. If you're big enough to make a sprig of grass, come up, then you're, you're big enough to take care of me. Lord, I can see it. My goodness gracious, look at all the glory and beauty you've produced around us. You know, I have to admit that we had some, uh, had, we had some architects out uh, that were talking about maybe helping us work on this new building. And, uh, and they were just blown away. Oh my gosh, look at the hills, the view, the sea out there, look out there, and look at all this definition of the hills and all. And I had to, I had to kind of like pinch myself because I'm like, I don't know that I ever pay that much attention. You know, I'm just saying that the scene walking out there, I'm looking at, okay, we get a building here, we get this over here like this. And they're looking up and said, ah, look, what a glorious sight. This is unbelievable. This is, this could be magnificent. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's where we live. <laughs> See it all the time. And I went home and repented. I said, you know, Lord, that's really wrong because I'm getting so used to everything and seeing what's around us and getting so used to the beauty and getting so used to everything around here. I'm, I'm taking it for granted. And I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. And I just repented. I said, okay. Walked outside, watched the sunset. You know? And so, folks, I'm, just, I'm encouraging you tonight. If you're going to have a, word, a life that's a word-based life, faith is involved in believing what God said. That's your purpose in life, to believe what God said. Amen? And so be encouraged. I want you to, to be encouraged if you have been like Abraham's father and you stopped short. Well, the good news is tonight that God doesn't hold that against you. All he wants you to do is pick up and start moving forward. And so all you got to do is just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, I, I stopped short and I want to 
go on with you. And God right there will take you where you're at. He will begin to move in your life. The word will jump back and be alive again. It'll begin speaking to you and you can continue on with that word based life. Amen. So stand up if you would. Let me pray for you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus name, I believe tonight that this word touched someone's heart and someone who's thinking that they've stopped short and God's not with them anymore. Lord, I just pray for them right now that they will grab a hold of this word. They will hear this word. It'll be a living word to them. It'll come alive to them. And that Lord, that they will begin to move forward with you. No longer are they going to be uh, uh, faithless, even though you're still faithful, God. But they're going to grow. They're going to do what 1 John 5, 4 says. And this is the victory that overcomes this world. It's our faith. And so, Lord, we do what Romans 1, 16 says. We put our faith in the gospel and what you said, your word. And it becomes power in our life. I pray for the power of God and the presence of God to be in everyone's home. To bless them, Lord God, in everything that we do. And every time they turn to the left or the right, boom, there they see God standing right in the middle of it. So, Lord, just bless them this night. Bless everyone here this night. Bless their tithes. Bless their offerings. Bless their businesses. And, God, we give you all the praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.